This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. This is Peter and Tricia welcoming you to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We invite you to listen every Sunday for a presentation of historic Bible-based Christianity, highlighting preaching of the Word, classic songs, hymns and spiritual songs. Our worship theme today, Christ's presence in our lives is demonstrated by our character and actions. The Chains That Bind A group of muscle men known as the Power Team shares the message of Christ by performing amazing feats of strength. In one demonstration they link themselves together with real chains and then proceed to pull themselves apart. While human strength can break some chains, others exist that only Christ can destroy. These are the chains that bind. The encounter between Jesus and the Gadarene swine build up upon the preceding events of the calming of the storm. Both stories seek to proclaim the power of Jesus in relation to his identity as the Son of God. In particular, the disciples' questions, What manner of man is this, for he commandeth even the winds and the water, remains a focal point of the continuing revelation of the nature of Christ and his response to human need. We read from Luke chapter 8, beginning at verse 26. And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man which had devils long time and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he broke the bonds and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, What is thy name? And he said, Legion because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep. And there was there a herd of many swine feeding on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into one of them, and he suffered them. Then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. When they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it to the city and then the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. They also which saw it told them by what means he was possessed of the devils was healed. 
and then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarenes round about besought him to depart from them, for they were taken with great fear, and he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him, but Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. The Power of Evil Setting aside the validity of contemporary explanations of suffering, victimization, class disparity, poverty and so on, and their humanistic remedies, Luke's account reminds us that supernatural evil exists and may control the behavior of unbelievers. As such, the demon-possessed man exemplifies the destructive pattern of evil and its consequences on human relationships. First, the man languished under the condition for a long time. The local citizens of Gadara tried to help him, but to no avail. The metal chains they used were no match for the demon's power, which surpassed every human effort to alleviate or assuage his situation. Like bringing a knife to a gunfight, man-made solutions will always fail to combat spiritual problems. Second, the result of these impotent effects lay to alienation and isolation. He lived in the tomb outside the city, being driven of the devil into the wilderness. One of the most conspicuous evidences of a person under Satan's sway is the detachment from God, loved ones, and the church. As sin penetrates and dominates our lives, we find ourselves separated from those we care about and who care about us. Only the power of Christ restores and reconciles those who are trapped in the destructive patterns of satanic influence. The power of Christ. Jesus counters the demonic presence in at least two ways with power and authority. In the same way that Jesus demonstrated powers over the physical elements by calming the storm, now he reveals his ability to control the spiritual realm as well. As soon as the man saw Jesus, the demons within cried out for mercy and begged not to be tortured. Note the key words describing this confrontation. The man cried out and fell at Jesus' feet. Jesus commanded. The demons begged him not to order them. He gave them permission. Who is this? The demons provide the answer, Jesus, thou Son of God Most High. Contemplate the existing and eternal ramifications of this response. Where humanity is powerless, Christ is victorious. While Satan can break physical chains, Jesus shatters everything that inhabits people from being whole. He intercedes on our behalf to deliver us from the oppressive forces and addictions over which we have no control and restores us to an everlasting relationship with our Heavenly Father. Jesus healed the man. The widow Seth describes a total healing salvation Jesus provides. The stark contrast from total despondency to renewed civility shocked the local townsfolk. The demonic was naked but now clothed, in the tombs but now at Jesus' feet, driven by the demon, now sitting, chained now in his right mind. The people responded in fear, asking Jesus to leave them. However, the man sought to follow Jesus, to be his disciple and obey him whatever the cost. 
Rather than refusing this offer, Christ redirected it by asking the man to join him in a different way. One does not have to be in the physical presence of Jesus to follow him. Christ invited the man and invites us to participate in the mission of proclaiming the good news to all who would hear by sharing what he has done for us. No matter the chains that bind us, whether from Satan or our own making, we can know that deliverance is available only from Christ. Human remedies will ultimately fail, but the healing Jesus brings lasts forever. Once we submit to him, our responsibility is to tell others so that they too will know the Son of God Most High. Our first music today on Great News and God's Views, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name, often called the National Anthem of Christendom, was written in 1779 by Edward Perronet while he served as a missionary in India. All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Oh, retinas are wired backwards. Thus, they say, our eyes could not have been specially designed because an intelligent creator would have wired them correctly. But this claim doesn't make sense. After all, octopus retinas are wired in the supposedly correct way, but their sight is poor compared to ours. Ophthalmologist Dr. Peter Gurney has shown that there are good reasons our retinas are wired the way they are. In particular, it allows the photoreceptors to be in close contact with two special tissues behind the retina that are necessary 
for regenerating the photoreceptors and absorbing excess heat. But these tissues are both opaque, so if our retinas were wired the other way, you'd be trying to look through two opaque surfaces, which would mean you'd see nothing. And then the eagles have the same wiring as us, and they are renowned for their eagle eyes. Maybe the creator got it right after all. To find out more from Creation Ministries International, visit our website, creation.com. You are listening to Great News and God's Views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. We continue with Blessed Assurance. Fanny Crosby, born in 1820, is heralded as one of the world's most prolific and talented hymn composers. Blind shortly from birth, Fanny nonetheless wrote 8,000 hymns. She was visiting her friend Phoebe Knapp at the Knapp House, who was having a large pipe organ installed. The organ was incomplete, so Mrs Knapp used the piano, played a new melody she had just composed. When Knapp asked Crosby, what do you think the tune says, Crosby replied, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. The hymn appeared in July 1873.
Escape Hatch Discipleship. I wonder why more little boys aren't named Elijah. His spiritual commitment towers above the wickedness of his day. Emerging from out of nowhere, he single-handedly, or so he thinks, confronts Queen Jezebel, whose very name is synonymous with wickedness. In a day when pagan idolatry was rampant among God's people, Elijah was a catalyst God used to demonstrate who really was the supreme God. We read from 1 Kings chapter 19, beginning at verse 15. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jeho the son of Nimshi shall thou appoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphet of abel Mohathath shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphet, who was ploughing with twelve yoke of oxen before him, and he with the twelfth. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow thee. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to thee? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah and ministered unto him. As so often happens after time of spiritual conquest, Elijah is completely drained, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. He runs from Jezebel, who has promised to take vengeance upon his life. He gets to the point of wishing he could just die. It may be hard for us to imagine the contrast between Mount Carmel and the cave in Horeb, but implicitly we know that it's a time of fatigue that comes from intense spiritual struggle that even God's choice servants are subject to depression. Some great Christian leaders, such as Spurgeon, have struggled against the Black Curtain. God had a new challenge for Elijah. As the text opens for this Sunday, we see God issuing a new challenge to Elijah. God has demonstrated compassion in sending an angel to provide food and drink for his weary ambassador. Out of the experience of having a still, small voice speak to him, God issues a new challenge to Elijah. Elijah would probably have been just as happy to have God say to him, You've done a great job. You're the only one who's still serving me. But once Jezebel is still on your case, I'll let you retire and go back to Tishbe and enjoy your retirement. God reminds Elijah that there is still, and will always be, a believing remnant a curious omission from the lectionary text, and tells us that he has a new challenge for him. Is it true that our need is not to retire or retreat or to give up so much as it is for something new to devote our energies to? The call of Elisha. Elijah's commission involves appointing new leadership, kingly leadership for Aram and Israel, and a spiritual leadership for Israel in the person of Elisha. As God corrected Elijah's understanding of the remnant, so he also let Elijah know that he was not indispensable. There would be a successor to his ministry. When Elijah comes upon his young protege, he finds him in the community field, ploughing behind one of twelve oxen. He threw his cloak round him as an act symbolic of anointing. 
as Elijah appeared on the scene without any prior reference, this is the first time we have read the name Elisha. I believe that confirms that God is more interested in our present devotion to him than he is in our past or our credentials. The prophet's background is not nearly as important as his availability to be God's spokesperson. Elisha wants to have the opportunity to bid adieu to his family, a reasonable request which Elijah did not dispute. Jesus rebuked a young man who made a similar request because it was seen as putting off discipleship. Elisha demonstrates his earnest desire to follow the prophet by sacrificing the oxen and using his plough equipment as the fire with which the oxen would be prepared. Elisha was burning his bridges behind him quite literally. His discipleship was one that left no escape hatch. Elijah wanted to escape the responsibilities God had given him. Elisha made sure any temptation to turn back from following God could be done away with. What fires have you lit lately? We continue great news and God's views with All Creatures of Our God and King. Originally a poem written by St. Francis of Assisi in 1225, it was translated into English about 1900 by William Draper, a Church of England rector. All Creatures of Our God and King. joining us today for great news and God's views on Free FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. 
89.0 is live streamed from freefm.org.nz or tune in and now on Amazon Echo devices using the FreeFM 89 Alexa skill. We would love to hear your comments on this show. We can be contacted by email at greatnews376 at gmail.com. That is greatnews376 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Our closing music today, Alleluia, Sing to Jesus, was written in 1866 by William Chatterton Dix, who was born in Bristol, England in 1837. For most of his life, he lived in Glasgow, Scotland, as manager of a marine insurance company. Of the many hymns he wrote before his death in 1898, 30 or 40 are in common use today. Among his most popular are, As with gladness men of old, To you, O Lord, our hearts we raise, The manger throne, and the one we play now, Alleluia, sing to Jesus. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.